Indeed, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our creator, our cherisher and our sustainer, the first and the last. Salawat and salam be upon his final prophet and messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his pure family, noble companions, and every single believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his final messenger until the day of judgment. Indeed, we are very carefully following the world news. What is going on still in Ukraine? What is happening with the COVID pandemic? What is happening with the world economics? The finance? What is happening with the energy prices? What is happening with this and that? Everything that is happening around us in the world is of course in a way affecting us as individuals, affecting our spiritual well-being. So today I wanted to share with you one saying of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam through which I hope and pray and believe we can inshallah ta'ala strengthen our iman and maybe think deep on where and how do we stand in our own relationship with our Creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His beloved Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and also with our fellow Muslim brothers and sisters wherever they may be your neighbor your members of your family are also your Muslim brothers and sisters where do you stand with them and your students or your teachers your colleagues whatever is your own context and your own situation do you actually have any affection love towards them or is there any contempt or hatred perhaps and what it is for you and what it means for you to gain the ultimate salvation to be granted the permission to enter through the gates of Jannah in other words did you ever contemplate and think how horrific and terrifying and traumatizing would it be just to have a, a glance at the blazing fire of the Jahannam and not to go anywhere near its own gates and na'udhu billah to be thrown into it maybe we never thought about it this hadith in a way summarizes all those points namely the Prophet sallallahu alayhi once said if three traits are found in any person it is through those qualities the person will be able to taste the sweetness of Iman Halawat al-Iman if we have some scholars say all those three then we surely will taste the sweetness of Iman other scholars say if you excel in any one of the three you will also feel the sweetness of your faith, of your Iman, 
So what are the three traits that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in his beautiful saying? The first he said, أَن يَكُونَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِمَّا سِوَاهُمَا The first trait or condition is that Allah and his messenger must be more beloved to you than anything else. Allah and his messenger must be most beloved. We are still in the month of Rabi' al-Akhir. And we are still trying to examine our own relationship with our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Is he truly more beloved to us than our own selves? than our own wealth, etc. I'll narrate one or two stories to show you that it is possible. They were people like us, humans, Bashar, Mithluna, who managed to love Allah and His Messenger more than anything else. Here is Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, as I mentioned not so long ago, who followed the instruction of the Prophet ﷺ to love Allah and his messenger more than his own parents, more than his own children, even more than his own wealth. But he had the, this one hurdle that he couldn't go over. He still loved himself more than Allah and his messenger. So he came to the Prophet ﷺ with this kind of state. And the Prophet ﷺ didn't approve that. He said, no. Until Allah and I and his final prophet and messenger Muhammad وسلم, is more beloved to you Umar than anything else including your own self your iman is not complete so Umar says oh the messenger of Allah I love you and Allah or I love you more than anything else and the prophet confirms Al-ana ya Umar. that's how it is supposed to be and listen to this encounter Again, we have Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Abu Bakr this time. But we will mention also Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu. One time after Juma prayer like this, the Prophet وسلم, he, he stood up and he faced the congregation and he said, we have a very important mission to accomplish, but we need to prepare for it. So we are in need of lots of goods, help, rides, money, food, etc. So give generously. And by Maghrib time, he said, والسلام, we'll be collecting all those proceeds. So the Sahaba heard this appeal and they went back home after the Juma prayer and they looked into their homes what it is that they could spare to give in charity. So just around Maghrib time, Umar ta'ala comes back with a bag full of things like he brought quite a lot of things. And he comes to the messenger, the Prophet ﷺ, and he says, Oh, the messenger of Allah, here you go. I give this in charge. And he says, what is that like? There's loads of things that you have brought, like a huge thing. We have uh, an appeal this Sunday, by the way, on behalf of Islamic Relief to give some of the goods. Don't give the things you absolutely want to clear up in your storages and you don't like. Try to give something that you also love this Sunday to Islamic Relief. So he comes and he says, oh, the messenger of Allah, this is half of my possessions, my wealth. And he said, are you sure you want to give half of your wealth for this campaign? He said, I'm sure. 
But what have you left for yourself and your family members? He said, whatever else is left at home, the other half, is for me and my family members. So the Prophet praised him and he made dua for him and prayed to Allah to accept his donations, his proceeds. And he was like hoping everyone else will be encouraged by what Umar has done. Shortly after that comes Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and he comes to the Prophet likewise and he addresses him or the messenger of Allah here is all that I own all that I possess even the Prophet was left speechless on that occasion some narrators say to us the Prophet was frozen speechless here is everything, every single thing that I own, that's in my name, that I have managed to save up or gain, accumulate in whatever long or short this life of mine is. And the Prophet says, Ya Abu Bakr, are you sure you are going to give all that you have he says, yes, I have come with that intention. <laughs> My intention was to give all that I have for this campaign, for Allah and His Messenger. You made the appeal, O Rasulullah. And the Prophet again praises him, prays for him, and he accepts his donation, which is his entire wealth. And then he says, but what have you left for yourself and your family members, O Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr turns and he says, I have left my family members in the care of Allah and his messenger. And by this act, he proved that we can actually love Allah and his messenger more than our wealth. Min malihi. And the Prophet did say this in his instruction when he was teaching his companions how the love of Allah and his messenger have to come as number one and two for each and every one of us. So he showed to every one of us, not a prophet of Allah, not a messenger of Allah, a human being like ourselves, that we can indeed put Allah and his, and his messenger وسلم, before our own self and before our family, and before all of our wealth. And that really is the meaning of and And this phrase Everything, even abstract things, intellectual property. You've done something and you are proud, so proud of some achievement that you have, but it's abstract. It's nothing physical that you can put your hand in your pocket and give a perfume or some cash money. Whatever, that you, whatever it is that you have. Allah and His Messenger must be more beloved to you than all of that. What is the second point? And يُحِبَّ الْمَرْأَ لَا يُحِبُّهُ إِلَّا لِلَّهِ لَا يُحِبُّهُ إِلَّا لِلَّهِ To love another fellow human being Solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, Allah. Lillah. 
as the hadith says. Now we have another story that I would like to use. Once the Prophet was standing with some of the Sahaba, and one of them, he saw a man pass by the Prophet and, 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 and the Sahabi and the group of the other Sahaba that was standing by the Prophet in Medina outside his masjid. And this man really liked the other gentleman that passed by. So he couldn't help himself but to, to disclose his feelings, his love towards that man to the Prophet So he said, Ya Rasulullah, inni la uhibbu hadh. He said, oh the Messenger of Allah, I really love that man who just walked by. And the Prophet when he heard that, he liked it, he said, he said, did you inform him? Did you ever say to him that you actually love him for Allah's sake? He said, no. He never thought about it. I didn't. He said, He said, you, you should inform him. He said, I'll do it straight away. So he ran away behind that man. He stopped him. And he said to him, Inni he said, by advice of our Prophet I come to you to say to you, disclose to you, that I have affection, love towards you for Allah's sake. And the gentleman, the Sahabi Al-Jaleel, he replies by saying, He said, may the one for whose sake you have loved me love you, Allah's sake. What a beautiful story this is. And Mawlana Arumi, he says, love is one of those very few things, actually maybe four or five things in the world. The more we share of it, it doesn't get lost, it doesn't get decreased. There's only more of it on the face of this earth. So the more we offer love towards other people, there'll be more love. It is very likely when you extend your affection and care and compassion and love towards someone that they will love you back. It's likely, it's not necessary, but it's quite likely. So if we do that, there'll be more and more love on the face of this earth. And I'll prove to you now this true friendship that the Quran mentions in Surah Az-Zukhruf, أَسْتَعِيذُ بِاللَّهِ الْأَخِلَّاءُ يَوْمَئِذٍ بَعْضُهُمْ لِبَعْضٍ عَدُوٌّ why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say on the judgment day all friendships will be secondary, void except the friendship that was nourished for Allah's sake loving somebody for Allah's sake the truly pious person will love another person inni uhibbukum I love all of you for Allah's sake. In fact, every single soul that bears shahada in its heart, I ought to love for Allah's sake. And a very pious person, a saint, somebody who is so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, truly pious, or al-muqarrab, ilallah al-muqarrabun, they love everything for Allah's sake. They have compassion and affinity towards a stone, a tree, an animal. What about another fellow human being? Indeed, 
They revered them and respect them so much and love them so much. So here is the story. And I'll end the khutbah probably with this. Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Early on in Islam, it was Abu Bakr. Allah blessed him to be the very first grown-up man to accept Islam. And he didn't stop there to take the honor of being the very first Muslim, adult, male Muslim, to accept Islam. He thought of every single person that he knew of in Mecca who may follow the path. And he was a merchant, as you all know. And you know this story. I'll go to the actual point. So he thought of Bilal because once, not so long before that, they too traveled to Syria on, on a business trip. And Bilal was such a prominent slave of Umay ibn Khalaf, unfortunately, but he was a prominent slave that even his master would assign some very noble and prestigious tasks to him. So he was among the company of Tujjah merchants in Mecca. And that's how he became a friend with Abu Bakr. So Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala an, for the sake of Allah, wanting good for someone else. And that's the hadith of the Prophet. You have to love and want good for someone else, just like you want it for your own self. He also wanted his good friend Bilal to accept Islam and follow the path. Bilal's position wasn't the same as Abu Bakr, so he was a little bit hesitant early on. Not maybe that he couldn't understand the truth of the message that was conveyed to him, but primarily because of his own status being a slave owned by another person, and a horrible person, Umayyah ibn Khalaf. So he was, will this work out? He wasn't so sure. But Abu Bakr wouldn't give up. He kept preaching, him, preaching to him and telling him, think about it. And if you read that ayah in Surah An-Nahl, where accepting Islam and na'udhu billah leaving it, for whatever reason, coercion or not, is mentioned, there is one ayah which explains the one after it, the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angry and doesn't like people who disbelieve. ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمُ اسْتَحَبُّ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا عَلَى الْآخِرَةِ That's the reason. So, Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu thought, dunya, I'm a slave to Umayyah ibn Khalaf. Everybody is going to die. This will all end. What do I prefer? This state of mind and going through some difficulty because of what I'm going to accept and testify or the eternity. He indeed thought of Akhir and more. And at that point, he embraced Islam. And this news came to his master, unfortunately. But look what happens. He's torturing him. We all know this story. Really bad. Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala finds out and he goes to the very place and he wants to help his friend. He actually helped him to accept Islam. Now he's found out he's in trouble. He's being persecuted, tortured, abused, physically, emotionally, in every way. He wants to rescue his friend for Allah's sake. And he comes and he sees his state and what other servants of Umayyad ibn Khalaf have done to him and how they are obeying their master. He thinks of everything he owns again in his house. Every bit of gold that he has, every dinar and dirham. 
And he says, I'm going to make an offer to this guy who seems to have lost his mind in a way, or humanity, human dignity, Umayyah ibn Khalaf. I'll give him a proposal like a, that he will not refuse because I know this guy loves wealth. So he gives an offer and Umayyah ibn Khalaf hesitates, like he knows he's got the upper hand in this case. So he consults the likes of Abu Jahl and others. Let me sleep overnight, he says. And then tomorrow he's asking for five times the actual price of a slave, like at that time, like Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an. And he in a way is joking, taking mockery of Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr is just anxious and eager to wait. What is the price? As long as he has the last penny that will match the price that was asked for, he is willing to give it. And he does so. And he's saying, of course, arguing his case, Umayyah, look what you have done to your best, noblest servant. He's of no use to you now, like trying to, to, to say to him, like, give up on him, not reduce the price on him. And he always thinks in monetary terms, oh yes, even if Abu Bakr didn't agree with five times fold, I'll probably give him. He's probably thinking in himself. But Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu goes and collects whatever he has and gives whatever was asked for. And here is the actual friendship for Allah's sake. He gives that and then Umayyah turns to him and says like, even if you gave me much less than that, I would have given him because look at him now, it's useless to me. So Abu Bakr helps Bilal to go to the Prophet's house. Because now he's done something very noble, he freed a slave. He was very famous for freeing many slaves, not just Bilal. So he is going on, on their way and Bilal stops Abu Bakr and he says, hold on, hold a moment. Why did you give all that much gold to Umayyah ibn Khalaf? As if he's saying like, I'm not worth it that much or something like that. You didn't have to do that much. Whatever, you should have argued more with him. It's business. In business you argue to the point, you don't want to overestimate the price or good. But tell me, did you give all that gold so that now I am your slave? You own me. Or did you do that for a higher aim? And he said, listen, Bilal, you are a good friend of mine. I've given all of that, and you are not a slave of mine. You are a free man and slave of no other but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they obviously developed even stronger friendship and went then to the Prophet's house. And we know everything else that both of them did for Islam. So that is actually a friendship for Allah for Allah's sake. So I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he enables us to develop such good friendships whereby we love someone for Allah's sake and there is no price tag on it. Whatever it takes that you and I can do physically, intellectually, spiritually, whatever it is that we can do for our Muslim brothers and sisters, wherever they may be, we should do that. And only then will we be having a chance to feel or taste the sweetness of Iman. I'll explain the last uh, point another time, inshallah ta'ala. I also pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us our mistakes and shortcomings. Maybe many times we hurt people, we were not nice to people, we didn't know how to love, we needed to be taught how to love and cherish someone 
or show affection and, and compassion towards some, someone. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for those shortcomings and mistakes that we have done. And we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to expand our chests and to soften our hearts so that we can love everyone who deserves our true love for Allah's sake. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم